Man, oh man, what an interesting time uh, in church life. Uh, About 10 days ago, life was normal. We were doing life and getting ready for Easter weekend coming up at Calvary Church. And it seems like something happened that just kind of changed everything. What's unique to me is when I set out to uh, look at our preaching agenda for this year at Calvary Church, I always map out kind of the full year of preaching. We begin to look at the life of Jesus Christ coming toward Easter. And I gave a specific assignment to this weekend unbeknownst to me that this would be an important topic even for where we are right now. I think God has always had this under his control because I know that God has even this. Remember this, God's got this, right? So here's our topic for this weekend coming up at Calvary Church. The topic that was set back in December for this year was the idea that Jesus Christ is our promised Messiah, that he is our hope in the midst of chaos. Can you think about that for just a second and begin to realize that God set this weekend up even back in December for us to remind ourselves that Jesus Christ is our hope. He is the one we're looking for. In the Bible, we see this, that Jesus was the coming Messiah. They were looking for him. They were longing for him. There was, a, there was a hope in the back of their mind that one day this deliverer, this savior would come and redeem everything and set everything in proper order. I know even now we could all use some stuff back in normal order, certainly. But we have to think about the idea of hope tonight. And today, Jesus is our hope. Think of it this way. Everyone's hoping for something. Everyone is hoping for something different in life. Maybe you're hoping like I am that this will all come to an end soon and we can all get back in church together. Believe me, this extrovert pastor is needing some people time right about now. All of us have different hopes in life. Proverbs chapter 13 says this. It says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, but a dream fulfills a tree of life. You know, the Bible is an entire book of hope. The Bible is God's letter to us. It's God's hope for us. And Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah, he was the hope that they were looking for. For centuries, the hope of Israel was found in the prophecies of the coming Messiah. They had learned about him, talked about him, and they were looking for the day that this promise, this Messiah, would resolve everything in life. From the fall of man, the Garden of Eden, to Egypt's captivity, to the Assyrian captivity, to Persian captivity, the Israelites, God's chosen people, mankind was looking for a deliverer, a healer, and one to restore everything back to normal. In the Old Testament, God sent his prophets to proclaim the coming Messiah, a savior who would deliver his people from their bondage, from their sin. This message brought tremendous hope to the people of God. Let's look real fast at just two of these prophecies. One's in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It says, But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. Isaiah chapter 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and bear a son. You will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. They were looking for the one who was the one who was and is to come, the ancient of days, the one still to come forth to bring hope to God's people. 
Think of it this way. They were waiting. They were longing. They were longing for the day that Jesus Christ would show up, the Messiah would come to the earth and bring everything back to a place of normalcy and restoration. You see, hope is a place of expectant waiting and anticipation, preparation for the Savior of the earth. That's what hope is, a place of expectant waiting and preparation for the Savior a time of ever-increasing favor upon their life, and they were looking for this, they were expecting this. There was deep longing for the day that the Messiah would come to the earth. It would seem to me that we should just pause for a second, even right now, and just ask you today to look at your life and just ask yourself, what are you hoping for? Are you expectant of the Messiah? Are you prepared for the Messiah? Is your life right now seeking the Savior who are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? What are you expecting? All of us need to live expectant. If you think back a few generations past, they would often refer to a mother who was with child. They would say that she is expecting. And there was an awareness that when you're expecting, you begin to prepare for things. I mean, a couple who's going to have a baby, you're going to get the room ready, get your stuff ready, buy the baby furniture, buy the baby bed, all the stuff for the kid that's going to show up. You're going to have your big party, have your friends over. And because you're expecting, you're looking forward to this, so we call this expecting. Think of it this way. Write this in your notes today. Our expectations are evidenced by our preparations. The things you expect in life, you prepare for. I'll never forget when we were going to have our kids. And so we got the, well, we weren't having any kid. My wife was having the kid. I was just there for the moral support. But I'll never forget we got the house ready. We got the baby diaper bag prepared by all the clothes and the, and the diapers. And we had showers and parties. And man, we were expecting something to come into our life. You know, when you're expecting, you're also preparing. See, if you're expecting the Messiah, that means you live prepared for the Messiah. We expect things to come. We get ready for things to come. Now, maybe on the flip side, you have been there when someone stopped by your house unexpected. And you thought to yourself, man, I wish the house was clean. Or maybe you thought to yourself, man, I wish I had made some, some brownies for them to come over and we could have a cup of coffee and talk a bit. And maybe you felt kind of embarrassed by the idea that someone, someone came to your house kind of unexpected. Sadly, this will happen too when the Messiah comes. There will be people who have heard about him, who have known about him, but because they're not prepared, when he shows up, they will be caught off guard. And let me say it to you this way. When he shows up and they're not prepared, it will not be just a social embarrassment of not having brownies and coffee ready for time with him. It will be of an eternal consequence because everything will change. Listen, the Messiah is going to come and return to this earth, and we better live our life prepared for the Messiah. Just as they were prepared in the Bible days, we must live prepared in today's day because he is coming again soon. Look at this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses, we'll go 1 through 4, and then we'll bounce around some. Look at this. It says, now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware, fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, unexpected. And while people are saying there is just peace and security, then all of a sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Look at this. 
and they will not escape. Verse 6, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Go to verse 7 just for just a moment. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, he says, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope of salvation. Go to verse 9, almost done. For God, watch this, has not destined us for wrath, but to, watch this, obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The text here points out the idea that when Jesus comes back to the earth, there will be people totally caught off guard, totally unexpecting him. Maybe they heard about him, but they weren't living a life prepared for him. Here's a thought for you in the Bible. Did you know that Jesus Christ himself fulfills over 300 prophecies about his life? Think of it this way. Here's one of them. He'll be born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin from the line of David. He'll bring a new covenant. He'll minister in Galilee. He'll be rejected. He'll be scourged. He will take on our iniquity. He'll be the sacrificial lamb. He will rise again. So many prophecies about him are throughout the entire scripture. But think of it this way. One of the strongest ones is this, that he will be Emmanuel, God with us. He is God in flesh, God incarnate. Watch this. And he will be here to take away our sins. I love Isaiah chapter 9 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those who are living in the land of deep darkness, the light has dawned. Verse 6, skip on down in your text. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You might be saying, Marty, that's that's a Christmas text. Well, it is, but... This is important because this is the prophecy. This is the promise of the one who is yet to come. They were longing for this one to come. They were looking for the day that he would show up in their life. Look at this. The time before the Messiah's birth was a time of deep darkness. Think of it this way. The time in our lives before we're born again by the Spirit of God is also a time of deep darkness. And God has always spoke to chaos and spoke to the dark with the light of his word and the light of Christ. Jesus is the light in a dark world. The church is the light in his stead. Matthew chapter 5 says that you are the light of the world. Think of it this way. We either need to hear about the light or we should be the mouth that speaks about the light. If I'm a believer, my job is to talk about the light of Christ. If I'm not a believer yet, my job is to know that he is my light in the darkness of life. See, without hope, there's only darkness. And in this darkness, we tend to stumble around. We tend to grasp for things like walking around at night in our house. You've been there. You've done that. You've banged into a wall, bumped into some furniture, and that is not a good outcome, is it? But Jesus Christ is the light in a dark world. Let me just ask you real fast how you're living right now. Are you living with the awareness that he is our hope? Are you living your life prepared for his return? Are you expectant or are you indifferent? Have you mapped out a place in your life in which you can say, I have this set up for when he gets here, I'm ready for his arrival. See, hope is what you hold to when you cannot see. 
And I'll tell you this, in today's times, in today's world, there's definitely stuff going on that we don't know what tomorrow will hold. We've all experienced that in recent days. I have no idea what will happen next week, but I do know this, Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah, and he is the hope in the world today. See, hope is our assurance. It's when we can't see, we believe it's still there, and that's what Christ does for us. See, in the most hopeless of circumstances in life, Jesus Christ is the hope that becomes our greatest strength. Here's a quote for you from Helen Keller, blind and deaf from childhood. She gives her faith the credit for her overcoming darkness and delight. Her story has inspired many people who have felt hopeless in life. And here's what she said. Listen close to this. She said, hope sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Here's a blind person saying, hope helps her to see. Even if you're blind today in the natural or the spiritual, hope helps you see, listen, the things that you can only imagine and achieve the things that you know are impossible for your life. So let's go back to my question the beginning of the conversation. What are the things you're hoping for right now? What are you longing for? Are you hoping for healing, salvation, deliverance? Are you hoping for love? Are you hoping for peace? Are you hoping for an end of suffering and pain and sorrow? Are you just like me? You're just wanting life to get back to some normalcy. I just hope this comes to an end quickly. Here's another quote for you from G.K. Chesterton. He said this. He said, it's only, listen, it's only when everything is hopeless that hope begins to be a strength. Only when everything is hopeless. Just think about us as a people today. We have, we have pillaged the marketplace. We have went to every store on the planet, and we have spent everything we have on the important substance called toilet paper. Not just food, not just things to sustain us, but toilet paper. I mean, of all the things you can't find on the shelf today, this is what we're looking for. This is what we have to have. I mean, just process for a second. If all things are coming to a halt, is that really the most important thing for you to have in your life? I mean, just process how quick we are to focus on our temporal needs versus our bigger conversations and our deeper needs. See, the Gospel of John says that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The Bible's clear about this, that God has a plan for your life. In this darkness of society, you have to have the light of Christ to see what's going on. Look at this in Titus chapter 2. I love this text, verse 11. It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Now watch verse 13 close. It says, while we wait, while we wait, while we are expectant, while we're waiting for the promise, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now watch verse 14 close. It says, who gave himself for us to redeem us from the wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. See, Titus tells us that the appearing of Jesus Christ is our great and blessed hope. 
For many of us, we hear about this. We know this is going to happen. But I want to come back to my opening and my middle conversation point, and that is, do we live with that expectation? Could I look at your life and tell you were expecting a Messiah? I mean, I could look at your life and see if you're expecting a baby, certainly. But could I look at your life and say, yeah, they're expecting a Messiah. They're looking for the promised one. They're looking for the ancient days. They're looking for the one who was and is and is to come. Because I can look at your life and figure out really fast if you're expected or if you're indifferent. See, my hope in this moment with you is that with everything going on around us, all the conversations, all the chaos, all the changing rules and statements from here and from this place and that place, that we all kind of pull back and realize that we are a multidimensional person and inside of you is an eternal being that will live forever. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. We all know that walking in the dark is not okay. That's why we have lights all around us. But how many people walk every day living in the darkness spiritually? Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He is the promised Messiah. And I think even right now, watching this, no matter where you are, I believe that Jesus Christ can come into your life, even in this moment, and give you light and give you hope. See, we focus on what's around us so much, and we spend our time and energy on things that are in the natural. And I understand that because I'm a, I'm a human too. But listen, there's an eternal part of me that needs more than food in my life. There's a part of me that must have Jesus as my Savior. Jesus as my redeemer, Jesus as my deliverer, Jesus as my promised Messiah, the hope to bring an end to the chaos in my life. I want to pray with you right now. I know this is different, but I know God's still God. I know God's still good. And I know God can touch you even right now, no matter where you are. I know that God can come into your life, whether you're sitting in your house or your apartment or in your car in a parking lot or watching us on the internet online or flying in a plane, whatever you're doing, I know that God's able to right now come into your life. If you'll just go with me for just a second on a, on a quick journey of what he can do for you, what he's already done for you. Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. He's the hope to the darkness in life, the hope to the darkness of my sin, your sin. He's the one that came to set us free. He's our deliverer. He's our redeemer. He's the one that restores us. And today he can do that for you. I don't have to know who you are, even see you by my own natural eye. God knows who you are and God can see you right now. So as we do here in the services when we're live together, I'm gonna have you today just take a moment and just investigate your heart and just decide, do you need Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? And if you're watching right now with any doubts about your eternal life with Christ, if you were to die tonight, would you make it to heaven? This prayer is for you. But like we do here in person, I'm going to have you right now just put your hand up in the air and say, I need Jesus to be my Savior. I'm going to pray with you. It's a prayer of faith. If you're watching this with us right now and maybe you're already a believer, pray this prayer with me. And join your faith as somebody else's. If you're not certain, pray this prayer and receive the assurance that Jesus Christ 
the Messiah, the promised one, is your hope. I'm gonna pray with you. You can do it. Jesus Christ is your Savior. Are you ready to pray? Come on, say with me. Say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for saving me, for cleansing me, and for forgiving me. Today I announce that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And today I announce that you are the risen Son of God, my Savior and my Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Boy, right there, wherever you are, just begin to think about what he's done for you. Just begin to thank God for saving grace. Jesus Christ has saved you. He has delivered you. He has given you the forgiveness that you need. He is the free, one that frees you from your sins of your past, takes away the guilt and shame, and he's your blessed hope. And now you can live your life expectant of his return. He's coming back soon. You don't want to miss it. I know these are different times, and I believe that the church can be even stronger than ever because of this. That's our prayer here at Calvary Church. We're doing all we can to stay connected to you. And if you pray that prayer, please know our desire is to walk with you. If you would just take the time on the, on the Facebook live feed or the Instagram feed or wherever you watch our services, just put on there, hey, I prayed that prayer today. Just let us know who you are so we can just reach out and get your name and pray for you. We want to pray over you. We believe God has a plan for your life. And I believe that while this is very different, this can be the moment that you needed to give your heart to Jesus. All of us are different people. Maybe this is what, if this works for you, this is where you are right now. Right here through technology, you've received the power of salvation by saying that very simple prayer. Calvary Church, be sure to stay in tune with what's going on at Calvary. This is very fluid days. We're doing our very best to understand the times and be wise. I can tell you this, I cannot wait to get back in the room with you. Believe me, this extrovert pastor has needed some sheep time in a bad way. So please know as quick as we can, we'll be back in the house of God together, worshiping together as always. Between now and then, stay in tune with all the social media conversations. We will talk to you through those venues about what's next at Calvary Church, also places you can serve. And also don't forget this, the church is going strong right now. We're doing great ministry across our area, reaching people's needs. So be sure to be faithful in your giving. You guys are killing it in the giving. You guys are awesome. And if this is not your church, be faithful to your church. If you're watching because a friend sent this link to you or whatever it may be, be sure to be faithful to God with your tithes and offerings at your home church. Encourage your pastor, encourage your church by being faithful during times like this. I know this, these are crazy days, but we have a good God. And I know that God's got this. Can I bless you right there? Put your hand up high. Come on, wherever you are, put your hand up high. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love surround you. May his grace flow through you. And may you never forget that Jesus Christ is your living hope. God bless you. I'll see you again. Take care. Bye-bye.